0: Welcome back. Miller and Connor continues here. 106.3 KXNO. We're wheeling and dealing. Ken's gone. So that means I'm running solo. So I got the hour started with the music playing there. And now I'm joined by uh, some great guests. Tavian Banks. Long time buddy. What's happening, Tavian? I'm
1: doing awesome. It's great to see you again.
0: Yeah, good to see you too. We, of course, uh, done a lot of things in the past in your yes. football camp coming up. Tim Dwight.
2: Timmy D? What's happening?
0: Look at that. Got the polo shirt on. I still see that barbed wire, though. that's the, it still peaks out, doesn't it?
2: Uh, it does. You know, I've been kind of trying to keep up with Banks over there. Him <laughs> and Rod, you've been hitting the weights. I see these videos on Instagram, and they're getting back after it. So I've, I've mm. kind of stepped it up yesterday morning to <laughs> to compete a little bit. Yeah, but that's the... That's the recognition right there, that barbed wire. Absolutely, yeah, I remember yeah. it
0: well. Now Can't I'm about what five, six y- years younger than you guys, so I thought that was going to be so cool. I was going to get the same thing when I turned 18. Thank God that didn't happen because you see my <laughs> physique. I don't think I could pull it off the barbed wire very well.
2: Well, arms aren't the toughest thing to do in the gym. You can kind of keep that going. The problem is squats get to the gym and lunges but, yeah. and the cardio <laughs> and. Yes. You know, course course tough every once in a while, but you know, doing some arm curls, you can do that.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, we we can get it all in there. Well, it's good to catch up with you guys again. Rodney's going to join us a little bit later on. We got Travis in here too. We're going to talk about a lot of different things, but uh, first, let's talk about the football camp. You guys back for another year, and uh, let's start with you, Tib, just talking a little bit about bringing this event back to Central Iowa for another year.
2: Uh, Well, you know, I've been doing camps for a long time. I think the first one I did was actually here in Des Moines um, way back in uh, 2002. And then, you know, I kind of moved mine to Iowa City. And then Taven kind of moved back in the state a couple years ago. And we figured it'd be great to do a camp together. You know, him and I being kind of some icons here in the state over the, you know, 20, 30 years ago, which is hard to kind of think about that. In the 90s, Uh, um, you know, I was playing Bettendorf City High and then our time at Iowa. So we thought it'd be great. To do a centralized camp here in Des Moines, um, you know, you got the you got the grab for a lot of kids to get here, and so we did. We kicked off one back in what, 2018, two thousand and eighteen, two thousand and nineteen at Roosevelt, a couple of years ago, and then COVID hit, mm-hmm. so I kind of shut things down. But we thought it'd be a good time now to to get back after it and kind of offer it to a lot more individuals than you know a paid camp. So we're we're doing a free camp here on June twenty fourth.
0: Love that, and you guys have been doing that now for a couple of different years. Mm-hmm. Tavian, a little bit behind that, you know. We think of around this area, we think of the Valleys and the Dankanys and the Walkies mm-hmm. of the world, but you know, starting the camp up at Roosevelt and having that opportunity, not just for the kids that have the money, but the opportunity for everybody to come to a football camp like that, a really cool endeavor that you guys are a part of.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and over at Hoover this year, um, just great to have it centralized and a lot more um, kids from the city and stuff like that to be able, be able to attend to it.
0: That's a really great thing. Also joining us here today is Travis Gorsch with Iowa Foundation. Uh, Appreciate your time, Travis, jumping in with the guys here. Tell us a little bit about your guys' involvement.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, so I got to know Tavian over the last couple years. uh, Started a nonprofit, the Iowa Foundation. Iowa just stands for Impactful Opportunities with Athletes. So coming alongside Tim and Tavian and just being able to utilize their platform as they kind of talked about having a lot of influence in the state. So what we've done is... Um, offered our, our services from a standpoint of uh, having the registration system, kind of um, the insurance coverage, so on and so forth on the logistics side of things. And, and really getting the word out there to the community school coordinators across Des Moines Public Schools, which is who we targeted first and foremost for the first couple months. And then uh, kind of opened it up to the, the rest of Central Iowa from there. So uh, up to 400, kid, which, 400 kids, which is pretty incredible um, with a whole, you know, three, four weeks left before the camp.
0: Yeah, that's great. 400 already. Again, Des Moines, Hoover, June 24th. TNT football camp. All right, Tim, back over to you. You're back on the hot seat. And uh, I want to go this direction. We talk about this, and, and I know I've brought this up to you before, but as somebody that grew up in a small community, not much of an athlete, but I could still play everything, right? Yeah, of course. And I call tons of high school events here across central Iowa. And the specialization that is happening, and not just at the high school level, but you're seeing kids. Baseball is going on right now. Third, fourth grade, pick your sport. That's it. It just—I see it as such a negative. Yet, it feels like more and more that's the direction that so many people going. Not being that well-rounded athlete, not playing all the sports, but specializing at such an early age. I know you're a proponent of this and getting out there and doing a bunch of things. But why do you think that? There's this track that so many people are taking just picking a sport really early in their life.
2: You know, I I don't know yet. Um, You know, I think some people maybe believe that if you focus on one sport, that you can be great at it. Uh, Maybe that's their philosophy. But I I totally disagree with that. I mean, I played multiple sports as a kid, played baseball, ran track, played basketball, football. Um, You know, so I had I was involved all the way multiple sports all the way to my probably my junior year in high school. And it's great to have multiple sports because you have different skill sets. Mm -hmm. You work with different types of players. You're not just stuck in the mindset of being a baseball player or a football player or a volleyball player. Um, And sometimes you might not be as good in that area. So you take a backseat role a little bit of being more of a supporting player. Mm -hmm. Um, And just being in different types of competitions, I think, makes you a more well-rounded athlete. Um, so I think it's a bad choice for parents just to focus in on one sport with their kid because especially at those ages, I mean I got kind of tired of baseball when I was up to my sophomore year in high school and I and I started playing it you know maybe maybe back when I was in little league maybe eight nine years old mm-hmm. um, and I also made the choice too where baseball in Iowa goes all the way till you know early August if you make the state championships yeah and I wanted to be a great football player. So, I was like, well, how am I going to train during the summertime if I'm playing a lot of this baseball? So, you know, I made my choice, you know, further down the road, which I think that's more the the appropriate time to then maybe focus a little bit more, zeroed in on your sport, is in the high school level, where, I mean, you got to be playing these sports, multiple sports, all the way up until that time. I just don't think it's a a good way to. And and plus, kids get into one kind of rut. You know, they're doing the same thing. And then eventually they're going to be burnt out from that because anybody gets burnt out from doing the same thing for years and years and years.
0: Uh, you see that happen a ton. You see that burnout and I, factor. You know, and track
2: and field, I think, is, is a huge sport. And Banks played, you know, I played soccer, too, all the way up until, I think, you know, out of, out of City Kickers up until my, you know, my, I think, junior high. Um, but, you know, those two sports, you run a lot. You can work work on your speed. You work on really being an athlete, mm-hmm. you know, in those sports where baseball, you don't have to be that athletic to play Baseball—that's I mean, why you I was got to be it. able to hit <laughs> and catch and feel, but for speed and for agility, it's not a sport that's you know really um, you have to really have you know obtain those type of um, you know, ability to to be successful in those sports. But you know basketball, you got to be athletic. You know football, you got to be athletic. Volleyball, you got to be athletic. I mean, even swimming—that's um, a sport where um, you've got to be pretty athletic and tuned in on on your stroke and your breathing and, you know, being able to have endurance and things like that. So, plus, you know, being in team sports is very important. And, and baseball is a team sport and a lot of these other teams are team sports. But having these different types of roles in these different types of sports, I think, is very is critical, you know, for a developing athlete. Tavian, you were a big-time soccer player. I hey.
0: I think a lot of people just think of you as the football player, and yeah. I, I don't see the demolition man haircut anymore. That's not there anymore. <laughs> it's not demolition. I love that haircut. <laughs> but you were not just a good soccer player. You were an elite level. Yes. Yeah. Do you ever have those moments you think back and say, what if I would have taken a different
1: path? Oh, man, all the time. Yeah. You know? Well, especially with, with the injuries that I've had right. in, in football and stuff like that. But in hindsight, you know, uh, football was king kind of like back then and mm-hmm. the day and stuff. Um, I knew, you know, our, you know I, I was hoping that I would have an opportunity to go professional in, in some sport. And um, I, I think I would have had an opportunity, like, you know, in football. And, again, it was King back then. Um, I probably would have had it in soccer also. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't, you know, they didn't have an MLS league and stuff right. like that back then. Um, and then you'd have had to go overseas and stuff. Um, I was getting recruited, you know, to go overseas and stuff. But I, I, I wasn't ready for that, you know. I'm just a kid from Iowa <laughs> <Right. you know>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at that point. Um, but you know I I love soccer you know I I always tell people you know soccer is the biggest sport and every kid plays soccer when they're young you you know us Americans we just can't keep our best athletes playing soccer Um, that's our problem um, right now but um, I I just love it from just the you know the vision and the footwork and the endurance and all types of things that that soccer brings And, and it helps with a lot of transitions to a lot of other sports all the time too
0: So I was last week calling the state soccer tournament and getting to see those guys and also just seeing how far here in the state of Iowa the sport has come to. I mean, you're seeing some big-time guys that are going on collegiately, seeing the same thing on the girls' side, who is, I think, maybe even more advanced. You look at the number of D1 soccer players coming out of our state. It's incredible to see. So for somebody, and we talked about this with Tim a little bit earlier, a sport like soccer. If you are, and a lot of the people listening right now, kids in football, come to your guys' football camp coming up, doing those kind of things. What does a sport like soccer... Help you for say a football player.
1: Oh, I, I mean, I'll specifically talk about the, how it helped me. Um, with me being a running back and stuff too. Like, but it helped me a lot with vision. It mm-hmm. helped me a lot, like seeing things that you know, like for a running back too. Just a lot of vision and seeing, being able to predict things that you know were going to happen and mm-hmm. things like that too. Um, so I, to me, just great vision that I, that I got from it. And then the footwork. Um, you know, I, I was able to to stop on a dime and you know. Things like that. I've learned that from soccer, you know, because um, in soccer you have to dribble with a soccer ball and, and, and things like that. Um, so it's, it, it's a lot easier uh, than than actually in, in football because <laughs> you got to <laughs> carry it and, and, and all the things. So um, just just being able to do those things was was awesome too.
0: Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Well, a lot of good stuff here. We're going to continue the conversation here. We got you in here for about the next forty minutes or so. So a lot of different directions that I, I want to go with you. One place I want to go is college athletics and the changing environments. You guys are Hawkeye legends. People still, your names come up all the time. I know we've talked in the past about you know today's environment, what college sports and college football is offensively, maybe how different it could have looked if it would have came a couple of years earlier for you guys and what it was. But I want to go here first. The NIL era, you guys still have name brands. You're still together in Hawkeye lore. When you look at what's happening in college athletics and see the money that's out there and hear about hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars for yeah. certain players, does it make you wonder, boy, what kind of endorsements would have been out there when I was wearing the black and gold, Tim?
2: Well, Banks, definitely him and I would have been millionaires coming out of, coming out of yeah. Iowa. We would have had, you know, car ships who would have had maybe some shoe deals here mm-hmm. uh, and definitely money coming in from um, from boosters and... You know the NIL stuff, Um, but yeah, it it is. uh, It's definitely taken a crazy turn on where this is going. Um, You know, it's the separation between the different levels of schools is even greater now. You know, you got the big SEC schools that bring in a lot of money, the Big Ten schools, and it just seems like all the other schools are kind of secondary. Yeah, even even out there in the Pac twelve, those schools. You know they they're still kind of struggling a little bit with money. I mean, look at UCLA and USC; they're coming into the Big Ten mm-hmm. because those are where the big networks are, and um, it, it definitely you know the the NCAA kind of screwed up. You know they they should have been giving us players a lot more money to live off of back then. Um, and especially even today, um, you know, because like bank, bank, when we moved out of the dorms, we got like $384 to live off a month. 384 right? a month. $384. <laughs> right. bucks. Uh-huh. I mean, we were packing <laughs> Kenick Stadium at 71,000 people, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, going to Michigan and Ohio State and being, you know, All-Americans and top big players in, in the Heisman races. I mean, yeah. Bank still owns the record for the fastest running back to get to 1,000 yards. Mm-hmm. And that was almost, what, 30 years ago, Right. Still. you know? Still. So you look back okay. on the monies okay. that we could – um, be doing, but you know the other cool thing is the other thing that is neat about what's happening is a, a lot of these athletes are bringing more charity contributions mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. to you know to needs that are out there, um, and you know and should they be getting paid a couple million dollars a year to to go to school? I don't know. I mean, you get a free education, you know, you get free travel, you get free gear, you get free meals. I mean, nowadays there's a black card that, that the University of Iowa football players get where they can go around any campus, on campus, and go to any uh, restaurant, you know, in the area for $20 a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had to hike it back over, you know, to, to the Hillcrest, uh-huh. you know, to do that, um, you know. So it's, it's really interesting. I mean, the Pandora's box has been opened and it's kind of out of there. So I don't know how you, how, I don't know how you bring it back. Um, and kids now have got more money in their pocket, so they're gambling more with this money. Yeah. Um, there's more opportunity for that type of activity. Um, so it, it, it's, you know, but every generation stands on the shoulders of giants, right? So like, you know, the things that we had with the, you know, the different gear and maybe the different airplane rides and better meals and things like that. Um, you know, we stood on the Giants of the people in the 80s. I mean, we had a great facility that opened up at Iowa, the weight room-wise, and mm-hmm. the new locker rooms that was finally built for them that they were pushing back in the late 80s for the recruits then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here we are in 1995, move, finally moving into, you know, this really cool, you know, brand new training facility, where now it's, you know, obviously gone to another level right. mm-hmm. when they built that $50 million facility a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So you look back and... Yeah, it would definitely would been nice. I mean, we all lived in kind of government housing back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not getting an apartment then downtown Iowa City for three hundred eighty four dollars a mm-hmm. month, and paying for a car, mm-hmm. and paying for some spending money for clothes, you know, and paying for some you know some extra money just to go out and be a college kid. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, you and you guys look, like
0: to be college kids a little bit. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. you got to have the yeah. experience,
2: um, and That's you look weird. at it for both sides. Where all this money's coming in, and the NCAA should have figured it out, and they didn't, mm-hmm. and it went to the courts. And now it's kind of like a wide-open arena where, right. you know, some kid last year was going to look at $13 million to go to Florida as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just crazy money. And yep. when we, went out, we came out in the NFL, I think we made about 150000 our first year in the league. Mm-hmm. So these millionaires going into these pro sports now are going to be like, wow, this is my paycheck now? <laughs> Half Taking a million a pay cut, bucks? pay leaving the SEC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. you know, um, but, you know, usually the guys are getting most of the money, your quarterbacks, yep. Yep. your wideouts. Uh, maybe some tight ends in there and the football side. But like, you know, you look at Caitlin Clark. I mean, look at her, what's she worth? What's the value of that player? You know, she's got sponsors from Nike, Goldman Sachs, hy V. Uh, but she's also doing great things with her platform too. Yeah. She's kind of really focused on that and not seeing how much money She can put in her pocket because there's going to be a lot of money waiting for her in the WNBA. Yes, there is. When she's ready.
0: And the endorsements will continue to pile up. Tavian, with that, you know, Mm -hmm. one thing that I know remains a concern for people is that too much too soon. It's one thing to have spending money. It's one thing to be able to maybe even live a little bit better as a college student than you'd anticipate. But uh, Tim was just mentioning those millions of dollars a contract Mm -hmm. i'll tell you even having a couple extra thousand dollars in my account when i was in college probably wouldn't have been a good thing (laughs) does that concern you though i mean just knowing especially people coming from backgrounds that are a little bit different. You know, you come mm-hmm. from a lower class family and suddenly here's this influx of hundreds of thousands of dollars and yep. you got aunts and uncles coming out of the woodwork and uh, coming yeah. after you too. I mean, there is there is a little bit of a scary side to all this as well.
1: Yeah, but, uh, you know, ag- again, you know, if you're, you know, a tennis player or a golfer or, you know, any of those other types of sports where you can turn professionally or whatever case or, or take advantage of, you know, um, um, money coming in earlier than and uh, expected, um, all those things, too, have, have been going on for a long time also. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, too, I hope that people are doing their due diligence and, and getting a lawyer or, you know, a financial advisor and all those type of things too, um, to help them, you know, uh, make sure that they manage it very well. Um, and then, you know, hopefully, you know, the family doesn't uh, get all involved in things like that. But <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> unfortunately, it does happen. Uh, but again, you know, um, nowadays, you know, I, I know a lot of these colleges and universities are putting people in place to help mm-hmm. a lot of these, um, the student athletes with, you know, um, mm-hmm. the influx of, you know, funds and stuff like that that are going to be coming in. So that's, that's a good thing. But you know, again, uh, parents and athletes um, that are, are getting this this type of money or whatever they they definitely need to be making sure that they're doing their their, their homework and everything too.
0: Uh, makes a whole lot of sense. Well, coming up again, it is the free football camp with Tim Dwight and Tavian Banks for participants third through eighth grade. You get a camp T shirt, a box lunch, pictures and autographs with the TNT camp coaches. Coming up on Saturday, June twenty fourth. Check in starts at seven thirty till eight o'clock. Camp from 8 to 4 at Hoover High School here in Des Moines. And you can find more information. In fact, we're going to put this up on our social media, on Twitter, both at Miller and Condon and myself at Trent Condon. And you can find the link on that one with the QR code and get involved with the Tim Dwight and Tavian Banks football camp. we got got still a lot more coming here with the guys. We'll continue in just a moment. We will talk... A little bit more about their playing days with the Hawkeyes in the NFL. I got a few nuggets as well I'm gonna throw your guys' way <laughs> I, that I can't Jason wait. uh gave me a couple of talking points we're gonna hit on and see if we can put you on the hot seat a little bit. As we continue on here on Miller and Con, and joined by Tim Dwight, Tavian Banks, along with Travis Gorsch. Back here in a moment on 106.3 KXNO. You talk
2: about Jason Hemmer? Which one? What are you talking about? Oh Jason.
0: If you're thinking of incorporating or setting up an Iowa LLC, zoom right past LegalZoom and work with Rush Nigget, a Brick Gentry PC. He's set up an affordable online small business package that helps you decide whether to form a limited liability company LLC or a corporation. With Rush Nigget's help, it's easy to form your new small business. Rush Nigget, a business lawyer with Brick Gentry Law PC. Go to RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush... Trent Condon back with you. Are you a DIY landlord? Then you probably don't have much free time. Between finding tenants, filling out tax forms, repairing drywall, and answering calls about runny faucets and leaky toilets, you're not free to do much of anything. That's why you need Renter's Warehouse. When our professional landlords go to work for you, you're suddenly free to do a lot of things. Free to get a good night's sleep. Free To have dinner with your family every night. Free to take a vacation. And free to be so efficient managing one property, you're free to acquire even more. And one step closer to financial freedom. Go to renterswarehouse.com today to book your free home rental price analysis. Or call 515-528-4429. That's 528-4429. And feel free to remember this rhyme. DIY is no way to be. Call Renner's Warehouse and shine your side.
2: And uh,
0: where's Rodney? Where'd he go?
2: <laughs> Those fullbacks, you just never know wow. where they show up.
0: <laughs> so you guys uh, played with a guy that I know incredibly well, another full up fullback backup, Aaron Granquist.
2: Oh yeah. So I'm from Old school, yeah. His
0: little brother ah. Matt was one of my best friends <laughs> growing up. So after watching him dominate Waldorf, I thought he was, you know, as a young kid, he was just going to go to Iowa and do the same thing. A little bit different step up coming from Waldorf oh, yeah. to University of Iowa, isn't it?
2: Well, uh, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Was that D3, D, D1, D2 D one, maybe? Yeah. At least D2, but yeah, yeah the D1 is a, it is a big step. I mean, you know, I was a pretty fast runner in high school, and I thought I would just kind of outrun everybody on the field when I got into college, and especially the D1 level, everybody's kind of fast. So it definitely took, takes, an, a, takes an adjustment to get used to the speed. Um, you know, everybody's bigger, stronger. You're playing against guys that are four years older than you, mm-hmm. and sometimes guys are fifth-year seniors, five years older. Um, so yeah, uh, but Crest, you know, he filled out. He did. He, he he got it. He got it on track. You know, he he played a lot his junior senior year, so he was. Uh, you know, he did he did real well.
0: Had a couple of big carries, I think, against Penn State. I think he did. pulled the upset up there. Yeah,
2: that was back in the day when you had a fullback. Yes, <laughs> you know, nowadays, it's, it's anymore. Anymore. Like one team in the NFL a fullback. Maybe uh, Tennessee Titans. Everybody else is kind of like using an H back for eight, it. And... Yeah, just kind of like you have the halfback back there, and you do these like zone runs mm-hmm. with a bunch of passing. So, there's not much ball control any, anymore in, in the NFL. And no. even college, college has kind of followed that. But yeah. you know, there's definitely still merit to the run game in college football. I yeah. mean, if you can out physical somebody, you usually win a lot of football games. Um, there's an old coach that used to coach at my camp that he's a big, he's an offensive lineman, so he's huge on the run. And in high school, he's kind of he's gone back and, and just documented all these wins and losses on rushing. And he says that if you can run the ball, at hundred yards a game, you ninety percent of the time you win the ball game. Ninety percent. If you're over hundred yards, it jumps up like ninety five percent. So there's merit into running the football still in this game of in this game of football.
0: Tavian, as we <laughs> see the evolution, and you were a speed guy. Yeah, yeah. you were a guy that could get outside mm-hmm. and blazer. When you see that and you see the evolution of the game, do you mm-hmm. same kind of question we talked about with soccer? Thinking about mm-hmm. boy. If I was just born 20 years later, because the kind of running back that you were, you know, Iowa didn't use you a ton out of the backfield. Mm -hmm. You didn't line up a ton in the slot. Now, we know you're running wide open against Michigan when you guys were going to beat the Wolverines in 97. Oh, don't bring that up. (laughs) We got to bring up another North Iowa guy, and Sherman didn't see it running up there. (laughs) But you weren't used like a lot of running backs are today. I mean. How would your game translate into today's game? Usually mm-hmm. the old guys, and it probably wouldn't have worked. Yep. You feel like a guy that it definitely would have.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it was, it was when I got to professional um, in Jacksonville. They were, they were starting to use me in that, in that capacity, um, doing a lot of slot receiver and mm-hmm. and running back and screens and you know a lot a lot of those things they were doing already um it, you know fortunately i got in, injured and stuff um against you know tim yeah you know <laughs> tim <Steve> atlanta uh, <laughs> you know ray Buchanan. if you're out there listening i hate you no <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> but you know it, injuries happen but yeah. um um but it, again they they used me in that capacity um you know like nowadays running back seems like a dying breed mm-hmm. almost like in, in this this day and age, because they're doing so much passing and everything like that, and then it's running back by committee, so mm-hmm. there's not really like a feature back anymore. Um, they got like two to three running backs that all play and mm-hmm. and do different things. Mm-hmm. No anymore. No, no, not at all. And I mean, which is which is fine, which uh, I would have loved because it would have been less miles and all those type of things too, like on on a back, um, and then you could you'd be fresh a lot lot more or whatever case too. So, um, but again, you know, um, you know the Derrick Henrys and stuff. Or you know that's that's one in the he's a uni- unicorn right now in yes, <laughs> in yes. the NFL and stuff. So uh, I, I mean it's just tough. It's tough. It's a tough deal now. Uh, just different game, um, different you know philosophies that I, that came about, and that's just the, the the evolution of the game that's going on right now. Uh, Tim, well, yeah, the well.
2: ball carrier is kind of a. Le- kind of been eliminated. I mean, look yeah. at special teams now, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many punt returns and kickoff returns do we have in the program? Yeah. I mean, that has to and kill even the college you, right? Game.
1: To to
0: see that. And it's just brutal. You know the physicality of it. You know how many injuries happen, on, especially kickoffs, yeah. but punt returns. It's a dangerous thing. But as you as a guy that made your name as a special teamer, it's got to sting a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it,
2: it? does. You know, maybe it'll get me into Hall of Fame sooner because <laughs> <Right>. this <laughs> guy's doing it now. Um, but, you know, you definitely understand – you know, the the safety feature that, um, you know, back in the day when Tavia and I played, we had a four-man wedge that they all weighed 200 to 315 pounds, and you had wedge breakers that were 250, 270. Sometimes the defensive lineman guys would get in there, and you are banging a lot of heads. Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't run a lot of single returns, which I think the game should kind of come back to that, where, you know, you kind of just match up person to person, like one-on-one out there on these returns mm-hmm. and move the kicker back. Um, but, you know, you definitely understand what, what they're going to. They're trying to get more offense, trying more scoring. Um, but, you know, look at the Super Bowl this year and that big punt return. Yeah. That mm-hmm. brought the Chiefs back into the game. And it, it's still viable in there. You just got to have enough room. I mean, you know, the punter is becoming a, a, a major impact player in, mm-hmm. the, in the league. Look at Iowa's punter. Yeah, Tori Taylor's done. stud. Um, so. You know, you get that kick off into the end zone. You get the ball at the 25 yard line. It only takes a couple of plays to get to 45 50, mm-hmm. and you got a bunch of pooch kicks. Um, so, yeah, the ball carry in, in the game of football is kind of um, b- b- taking the back seat. And me being a running back, um, you know, it's kind of rough to see some of that because it's a, it's a neat part of the game when you get off, all your offensive linemen, tight end, and fullback and running backs working. The offensive, you know, working that side of the, the side of the ball, working that aspect of the game. It's it's fun to see the run the ball into the end zone, mm-hmm. and not always being it thrown in there. Um, Late in your yeah.
0: career, you were you were with New England, and then you saw what turned into you know the Julian Nettlemans of the world, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Ask Tavian if he came around you know, twenty years later and how different maybe it was. You even maybe five years later, how could different could have been if you would have went to New England early on because. The way those slot guys and the way that Brady was able to control Oh, those. it was
2: amazing. It's like a run game. Yeah, you know, yes. and it's hard to—it's hard to cover, you know, fast, quick, small guys within five, you know five to ten yards, and that's what Brady really built a lot of his career on. Was uh, later in his career was you know those balls within ten yard throws and that those guys running space and. That's a great thing what banks was really good at is once he get the ball in space it was really hard to tackle him I, yeah. I know that firsthand yeah, yeah, yeah we played each other um you know my junior his senior year at Iowa was City high. High. it was it was a yeah. battle but man it, it was hard to bring down yeah. tavian you know in space um and I wish we would have done a lot more of that with him mm-hmm. um at Iowa as well yeah. you know we had a kind yeah. of a Kind of an old school uh, offensive game plan, Mm -hmm. especially obviously you know with Rodney now stepping in the room. Mm -hmm. He had a lot of skill ability. He was super fast, super tough guy to bring down, Mm and um, you know we just uh, didn't evolve fast enough. Yeah,
0: you uh, you know you think of the evolution that we talk about too. Did you guys do much zone blocking, which obviously Kirk Ferentz has been famous for bringing zone blocking there. Did you guys do much zone blocking? Very,
2: very little. There's
0: a lot of straight very up. Little. Just Very
2: little, like, you know, pulling the guard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of that, which I think is still viable mm-hmm. in today's game. I think Iowa um, needs to do more of it. You of know, you double down on one guy, you work your way up to the backer, you know, the tight end helps a bit, and you pull that backside guard or backside center. I mean, Casey Wigman
0: yes.
2: made a career off being pulled as a center. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing better than having an offensive line in front of you kind of getting outside a tackle. Yeah lean for you. And having a fullback, they'll stick his nose up in there and pound somebody. Because, you know, eventually, you know, the game becomes a battle of wills. Mm -hmm. And if you're running down someone's throat every other play and you're beating them up for five, six-yard, you know, shots, eventually you're going to hit that homer. And, um, you know, it's fun to watch that game still, you know, when teams really commit to it.
0: Well, Rodney joins us. Rodney Filer, former Hawkeye running back with the Iowa Barnstormers as well for a number of years and teammates with Tim and Tavian. Uh, Rodney, we were talking a little bit earlier about the evolution of football, and we were talking about the fullback. I mean, it's such a rarity now. Iowa still has one, still yeah. uses it, but you know, when you watch the game and you see your position just basically taking a backseat outside of maybe goal line situations, that it got to sting a little bit, doesn't it?
4: Well, it does. It does. And um, well, the f- the game has moved more to passing, like these guys were saying before. So um, once you got some you know your athletic tight ends like a Dallas Clark or you know guys like that. They can play fullback ish mm-hmm. positions, so they'll move them in in motion and whatever. So um, and then they can go in the pass. You know, most fullbacks um, weren't very. They were they were they were pounders. They weren't um, route runners. Yeah, well. Yeah. And, and and I was the rarity. Yeah, right? yeah. Did, you're an athlete. Yeah. yeah. So um, if they can take um, a formation and put more athletes on the field that can catch and block and do all that things, that's what basically how the game evolved. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, with that, we're joined by Rodney Filer now, along with Tim Dwight and Tavian Banks. Uh, Guys, the football camp coming up. Let's get back to that here just for a moment again. For people that missed it earlier, it is Saturday, June 24th, from 8 until 4, registration and check-in starts at 7.30 a.m. for grades 3 through 8. So, Davian, is that just finished third grade or going into grades 3 through 8? (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> That's a great question, right. David. Right. <laughs> we've been uh, we'll work on that. We'll we, we've seen a little bit of both. Yeah. We, we've got yeah. some, some second graders, so we okay. kind of took like that eight-year-old uh, yeah. and above from there. So it, it does say third through <laughs> eighth, but um, there's a few second graders that registered that were in that eight-year-old range that okay, were coming perfect. in. So,
0: so uh, I just put out the link right now on Twitter. You can find it there. Uh, Eden, there is a QR code that you can click on and get registered for your Third through eighth grader camp t-shirt, box lunch, pictures and autographs with TNT camp coaches. All right, start with you, Tavian. Yes. What's What's the number one thing that you're looking to impart on these kids when you're going through a football camp? Oh, they have fun.
1: Yeah. Fun. Uh, just you know, I want uh, w- when they come to our camp, I, I, You know, I love just watching the kids have fun and just get out there and just, you know, uh, be kids, you know, and and learn the game of football, you know, and have fun with their friends if they're they're bringing a lot of friends with them. Um, But me, it's just all about having a lot of of great fun at the camp. Having
0: a good time. Mm -hmm. How about you, Rodney? What do you like to impart on the
4: youngsters? Um, I mean, I'm kind of the same. Uh, my, My most precious gift that I received from just doing this camp is just to give back. Just mm-hmm. give back some tidbits and, and knowledge. And hopefully these kids can learn something and then just go, go forth and, and apply those skills that we're trying to, trying to give. Um, my biggest, I would say my biggest takeaway, I mean, not to piggyback on taking, but that would be
0: it. Yeah. Be it. Tim, you got all these guys coming in. Got all these youngsters wanting
2: to learn the game. We're gonna do throw you- a lot at them. What? You're gonna <laughs> no. throw it all. Oh yeah, I mean a lot of it. Um, you know, it's it's gonna be a, sc- a camp where you are definitely gonna have fun. But you're gonna have to work. You're gonna work hard. Mm-hmm. Football is a tough sport. I mean, you get knocked down a lot, so you gotta get back up. Um, you know, you gotta learn formations. You gotta learn each position. You know, we're gonna have kids that are gonna choose what position they want, offensive defense. And we're mm-hmm. gonna throw a lot at them. You know, co- different coverages they're gonna play, different routes they're gonna run. Um, we're going to do a little bit on tackling. We're going to be um, quite a bit on being just a great teammate out there yes. and, and working together because as a football team, you know, we've got 11 people out there and 11 te- 10 other teammates, and you got to work together to make things happen um, on offense especially. Um, you know, When you're blocking, you're setting a play up, you got to have the right depths on routes. Quarterbacks got to be the right depths, looking at the right reads. Um, you know, so all that. So we're going we're gonna to throw a lot at these kids. We're just hoping that they understand that the game of football is a f- great sport it's a fun sport and everybody can play it and if you work hard and you you know you really give into that and you really like put your heart into it you can do great things so um yeah we're just kind of looking forward to get kids get, get moving around too yeah mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these kids are playing a lot more I think games nowadays you know like Nintendo and they don't have any more Sega I don't think anymore. yeah no, I think that's going um, you know but um, just kind of get them out there it's a the summertime um, it's gonna be late June it's gonna be hot and, uh, you know, we're talking about nutrition, mm-hmm. we're talking about how important it is, what to eat. Uh, we're probably gonna do some yoga in there, so how important it is to stretch, oh, okay. and do some mindfulness as well. So uh, we're gonna throw a lot at them, see what sticks, and then hopefully they just have a great time, and we're gonna meet some ex-great Hawkeye players and some great coaches, and, you know, and be part of something that's gonna be, hopefully, you know, uh, a tradition here in Des Moines. All right. For a long time.
0: Final thing from Jason. He sent me these notes, and we're going to do quick hitters here with some goofy, <laughs> goofy questions that he sent. Tavian, you're up first. Yep. Tell us about being roommates with Lawrence Phillips while you're rehabbing injuries.
1: Oh, man, right? <laughs> uh, hey. For youngsters that don't know
0: Lawrence Phillips, just a, a quick Google search yeah. will get you in. All right. What do you got for us, Tavian?
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, like, this is, um, that guy was injured. He was injured at the same time. We, we. Rehabbed at the same facility in California. Okay. Um, so I got to know him very well, like when we we're out there, because you know this is you know back you know, we we would be rehabbing seven days a week, mm-hmm. type of thing. So I, for months and stuff like that. So got to know him very well personally and stuff like that. Um, but at again at that time it was great great person and <laughs> a great person. To, I mean just to be around and stuff like that uh, when. When too much going on uh, that I knew of or anything, because right. I I saw him every day, um and and talked and had conversations and things like that, um but you know a funny story too you know um uh, Lawrence Phillips and I were were kind of like uh, the same uh, backs coming out um you know at, at the same time when I, I chose University of Iowa um I believe uh, Nebraska took Lawrence Phillips after I. Uh, committed to Iowa, um, I, so just a little tidbit there mm-hmm. if people didn't even know that. But <laughs> no, it's a, <laughs> a triple down though. Yeah, yeah. But um, again, you know, it, it, it when we were rehabbing and things like that in California, great uh, person to, to to talk to and just um, you know share different stories and all those type of things with for sure.
0: All right, Rodney. Mm-hmm. So remember your days. We were talking about Grandquist a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. As I grew up in Osage too, so. We're talking about you, but this is going to be different now for you. Called a number of your daughter Josie's games in high school. Fun basketball player to watch, and her playing with Caitlin was always really enjoyable. Now your son, another guy that I called a lot of his high school games, is going to be putting on the black and gold.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: What's that first time? Game one coming out this season and seeing your son run out there onto the field. What's that going to be like for you as a dad?
4: Oh, man, I, I, I actually can't tell you. Yeah. Because the emotions will probably do I'll probably cry, you know. Um <laughs> Because that's something that I know he's worked for, you know, his entire life playing football. He just wanted to be a Hawkeye just because he seemed bad. At it. Yeah. You know I'm saying? So, I mean, yeah, yeah, just a dream fulfilled. And then I will watch him go to work and he'll probably do some special things out there. So
0: He will. He goes into a defensive line room that is stacked. Mm-hmm. But he was a playmaker in high school. Yes. He's a playmaker over at Iowa Western. Yes. He's gonna find a role, and uh, certainly a guy I'm rooting for. I know, and watching him, and it's just so much fun to watch just guys that I call in high school right. go on and, and to play, you know, at the collegiate level, and and it's gonna be a really really cool moment. And I'm betting on him, that's for sure. Yeah, yes,
4: yes. he um, he brings the element that they they kind of have, but he just um, solidifies it. Yeah, he's a super duper pass rusher. So mm-hmm. you know. So Sachs health teams win, so, Yes, there we go. Get to the quarterback <laughs> if you can do that. All right. You, it's
2: gonna take you right back the first time you suited up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna take you <laughs> right back to 1993. Right. <laughs> right. Gonna be cool, it's really be cool amazing. experience. Last one for you,
0: Tim. And Jason told me this one. You gotta tell the story of when you met Michael Jordan. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, hammer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a special one. Um, well, it was a second year in Atlanta. Uh, we hosted the Super Bowl, so my rookie year, we went to the Super Bowl, and we thought we were going to be the first team to actually be in the Super Bowl as a host. But I think we ended up we lost Jamal the second game of the year, and we ended up going five and eleven. So uh, you know that didn't even get you much, you know, into anything. Um, so so Jamal Anderson was one of our big running backs, kind of a known figure down in Atlanta, and uh, he to a big Super Bowl party, and so it was at this establishment down in Buckhead. And he's like TD man. You got to come down and come to my party. It's gonna be a lot of fun. He's got a lot of stars down there because he was his dad was kind of in the entertainment industry, um, kind of being a he was like a bodyguard for a lot of these um, important rappers and, and some entertainers. So when we always knew Jamal through great parties because he just kind of had that stigma around him and he just went all out on things. So uh, you know I'm just kind of like my second year in the league and during that time I. Uh, I played a lot in the second part. We had a great uh, wide receiver named Tony Martin that was there my rookie year, and then he ended up not coming back. So we had another guy come in. And he got hurt in the second half of the year. So I got to play actually quite a bit um, that year. And so um, I was pretty excited getting invited to Jamal's party. So we're down in Buckhead, and this you had kind of had a main area in the party, but then you had like this back room where like the real stars were at. And – at that time, I had my agent with me. I'm like Jack. You got you know you're coming into Super Bowl. We got to go to Jamal's party. So Jack's with me, and so we roll into the club. And you know Jamal meets me at the door because I'm like Jamal. I'm having a tough time getting in. They don't really believe who I am because I'm a small guy. And I'm like, listen, I'm so and so. And Jamal says he has me on the list. So Jamal comes out, and grabs me, we roll back in. I was like, ooh, this is a fun party. There's A lot of you know people happening here. And he's like, no, you got to come into this back party. So we roll back into the, this back room. And We're opening. It's jam packed in this place, and I'm kind of a small guy, and there's like big people in here—basketball players, NFL players—and um, I'm sitting here next to the uh, the bar with my my agent. And Stuart Scott comes rolling around, mm-hmm. and and Jack's like, "Hey, TD, you see he's down there at the bar?" And I'm like, "That's Michael Jordan." He's like, "Yeah, that is Michael Jordan." And Stuart walks right by right when I say that, and, Gr- and Jack grabs over, "Hey." do you mind introduce, you know, Tim to Mike, Michael Jordan? And Stuart's like, you never met Mike? I can introduce you to Mike because Mike and I go way back. You know, they went back to Chapel Hill. And I was like, yeah, I've never met Michael Jordan. I mean, you know, so I roll down there, and he's sitting there with Richard Dent, and they're at the end of the, at the, end of the bar, and they're just talking, and, and, and Stuart goes right into there. He's like, hey, Mike, you got to meet somebody. This is Atlanta Falcon, you know, Tim Dwight. And Mike turns around, and he goes, hey, 83, it's nice meeting you. And that was my jersey number. And I'm like, what? This guy knows my jersey name. He goes, I've been watching you. You had a great, great year this year. And I was like, thank you, Mr. Jordan. I remember watching you a ton when I was a young kid. I really appreciate it. And I turned around, and I just took off after that. I'm like, Jack. Jackson, where are you going? I'm like, I can't stand here and talk to Michael Jordan. Like, the guy is like, you know, the greatest all-time basketball player. I'm not going to waste his time for one. And for two, like, I don't know what else to say. You know, I was shocked that he said you knew my number. So that was the first and only time that I met, you know, the greatest basketball player, player on the earth. That <laughs> and, is. Um, and awesome. it was pretty. It was pretty surreal. Um, that is know, great. Being in the NFL and just being kind of around all the players, we were, you know, Tay and yeah, I know. Um, it was that was surreal as well. And yeah. then you kind of meet some of these other athletes from the other sports. Yeah. And it was Absolutely. just. It was really special.
0: That's really cool. Hey guys, uh, we're out of time for today. The, again, the. TNT, the Tavian Banks and Tim DeWight football camp, free for all participants, grades 3 through 8, with a camp t-shirt, box lunch, and pictures and autographs with all the camp coaches. Tavian Banks, Tim DeWight, Rodney Filer, Travis Gorsh, thank you to all of them, and you can find it up on Twitter. We will come back, put a cap on things on the other side. Murphy and Andy, come your way at 1 as we continue on 106.3. The second annual Graphite Construction Group Charity Golf Tournament is coming up on June 14th at Briarwood Golf Club in Ankeny. All proceeds from this event will go to benefit our friends at Puppy Jink Foundation and Youth Shelter Services. Foursomes are still available, or you can join for the social hour with the 19th hole after party from 3 until 6, which includes live music from special guest Damon Dotson. Drinks, appetizers, games, and a raffle auction. For more information, contact the Graphite Construct KXNO. Get
1: in on the action with the world's largest sportsbook right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit circasports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet.
0: Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800- Until .net. Umpires are in short supply and are great. Greatly needed. Now you can become a youth umpire for baseball and fast pitch with Iowa U S A sports officials and Central Iowa sports. Be around the game that you love and the greatest part-time opportunity ever where you can make great money. They offer on-field training and no experience required to apply. For more information to get back into the game, go to IAUSO.com. That's IAUSO.com and get back in- any disease or illness moments here of the program. Big thank you again to Tavian Banks, Tim Dwight, Rodney, Filer, Travis for joining us here today. The TNT Football Camp, a free football camp. You can find all the details up on my Twitter account right now. At Trent Condon. Wrapping things up with my plays of the day. A limited card here for today. We got one favorite this evening. That is the Arizona Diamondbacks. Give me them minus 131. That Henry kid lefty's been pitching pretty well uh, for the Diamondbacks. And on the other side, get a Traken underdog. Give me the Tigers to get it done. Give me them plus 160 against Taiwan Walker, who has gone the wrong way for the Phillies. Tigers and Diamondbacks, you can follow along with all my picks at the Action Network, free of charge. After yesterday, I would hate to be charging anybody. We'll bounce back today. We'll have some golf numbers for you. More on the Live Tour and the PGA merger. Murph and Andy come your way next year on 106.3 KXNO.